Hey homies, it's Michelle Bennett, graphic designer, turn marketer, turn interior decorator, and apparently now podcast host. That's right, peeps. I selfishly started a podcast so that I would have an excuse to pick the brains of designers, decorators, and industry experts so that I can get to the next level. And the best part is you guys are coming with me. I am here today with fellow homie for a homie chat. So Angela reached out to me, I want to say a couple, maybe a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, um, wanting to chat. And when I started talking about homie chats on the podcast, she was a very eager, um, she was very eager to kind of chat with me. And she has been so kind as to allow me to record this so that you guys can benefit from our conversation. But basically, basically she's just going to ask me a series of questions and hopefully I can answer them. I want to remind everybody that I am not a professional. I'm just basically going to share with her and you guys my experiences and anything that I can do to help. So hello, Angel. How are you? Hello. I'm doing great. Doing I am so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this with me. So why don't we start by you telling us a little bit about your backstory? Okay, well, I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri. And at the age of 19, I met a cousin at a family reunion who happened to be a fabulous interior designer in the Sacramento area. So she came and we clicked immediately. I felt like I had known her my whole life. She encouraged me to come out to Sacramento and to visit. Well, I came out, I'd say about a year later, and they, you know, herself and uh, a couple of cousins, they drove me all over the state. We went from Sacramento to San Diego, well watching, went to LA, Universal Studios, back up to the Bay Area, San Francisco, Napa, wine tasting, like you name it, we did it in those two weeks. And I fell in love. So at that point, uh, at the end of the trip, I had to go back home and finished my degree in communications. I actually wanted to be a um, FBI agent. And wow. so it was a dual, yeah, <laughs> it was a dual degree. So it was communication slash, uh, so liberal arts, the focus on communications and law enforcement. And after that trip, I was just like, you know what? Like, I got to finish this degree because I, you know, I need to finish it, but that's not what I want to do anymore. I am obsessed with this new person in my life, my cousin, and she is fabulous. She took me to her, you know, her showroom and it was just amazing. I just was like, oh my gosh, this is what I'm meant to be doing. And so at that point I went home, finished up, and for no particular reason, I just left. Uh, November 2nd, 2007 is when I just decided to move. I had saved up enough money in my mind that I could, you know, have a start in a new state with new cousins that I had never met before. And yeah, I, I, that's where my love of interior design began from her. But it was always there because of my grandmother who had a, you know, a furniture store in St. Louis. And my mother was always, you know, painting things and making things, making pillows and all that. So it's been in my blood my whole life. And so you're saying that it was 2007 then where this kind of passion was lit up in you when you met your cousin who kind of introduced you to all this? Yeah, well, I met her when I was 19 and I moved to Sacramento when I was 25. So it wasn't good. So I, I went and met her at 19 and then I started to visit shortly after. And oh, okay. after a couple of, you know, like, um, 
I visited for spring break. I visited for, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Um, Thanksgiving break and Christmas break. So any chance that I got off from school, I was going to California and I just got hungrier and hungrier for the design field because of watching her. But it was always there, you know, my grandmother and I would go to open houses and see all the display homes and just, you know, I'd go to the same ones over and over again. I get so embarrassed when the people would recognize me, but I just was obsessed with design. And um, so it's always been there, but it wasn't until I met her that it was sparked like, okay, this is what I should be doing. All right, guys, so we did a little bit of a tweak of audio. So you might notice that the audio has improved a little bit, we hope. Um, so you'll notice a change in probably Angel's uh, tone or volume, but I'm, I'm hoping it's gonna be for the best. So let's keep going. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your last, cause I know we were talking before we started recording that you launched your business. I wanna say you either said July or August of last year. July. July. Okay. So what, what kind of led up to the launch of your business? What was the, some of the steps that you did before launching your business in July? Well, I went and I got the business license. Um, I also got a website. So I went to Wix and I, you know, started to create a website and it was so painful because <laughs> I was literally tweaking it every single day and I would retweak and retweak and retweak because I would go to other designers' websites and try to say, oh, well, I really like this aspect. I like that aspect. And then the next day I'd find a whole new designer's website that I could, you know, kind of emulate. And it was very just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, nerve wracking because it was never perfect enough. Me months and months and months. So that was the first thing that I really felt was important because I wanted, because I, I read that somewhere, if somebody wants to work with you, the first thing you do is they Google you. Absolutely. So I'm like, okay, I got to have a good website, you know, but it was never perfect. So now I'm pretty happy with it. <laughs> okay. And then, so you, you started with your website and then you basically launched your services and you're like, hey yes. world, I'm a business. I'm ready to take some clients. Yes. Yes. I started telling everybody and anybody who would listen, uh, my mother-in-law, because she belongs to a large church and they're very, very active in the church. Um, all of my friends, my family, you know, even family members in Missouri, you know, it's like, hey, I will come there and visit and also, you know, help you guys out if you need it. And so, yeah, just getting the word out there, having something for people to Google and to look at, and also trying to be more active on social media platforms such as Instagram. Yeah. And how is that, yeah. how do you feel your first, because you're going to be coming up on your year anniversary, yes. right? And how do yes. you feel your first year has gone so far? Well, you know what? It has gone, I guess, as well as to be expected because any, you know, when you start anything, it's really, really hard. So um, I've gotten the opportunity to meet with a bunch of people in my, you know, community. I've been out there going to the farmer's market and meeting with different vendors and things like that. Um, I've also met a lady at my father, or not my father, my uncle's wedding. And turns out she was kind of designing a space. And so I was able to kind of, you know, help her out a little bit. Um, yeah, I think it's been going okay, but it's kind of, uh, it's kind of stagnant because I'm, I'm not really understanding like where to find the people that are interested in services that, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Story of all of our lives, I would say. <laughs> so, <laughs> totally. Okay. Yeah. 
So why don't we move into a little bit? So basically what Angel did was she sent me a series of questions. She, she was told, this is kind of my kind of um, person to, to interview on a podcast, somebody who came prepared and that's what she did. So she came, she sent me a series of questions beforehand, mostly because I wanted to make sure that any of the questions that she asked me today, I, um, you know, I didn't skimp on anything. And if there was anything I needed to look up, I could make sure I was as prepared as possible to give you those answers. Um, but why don't we get started on some of those questions? And before we do that, though, what what is your kind of goal? So when you reached out to me and you were hoping we could chat, like, what's kind of the goal of what you want to get out of this conversation? Yeah, I actually, I would love to be uh, better than I am now. And I'm looking at, you know, your homie, you know, uh, your business homie page on Facebook and I'm seeing the progress and I'm seeing the dedication. And I'm like, okay, like this is somebody who's hungry and, 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 and just killing it. Like I, I want to be in the same position of success. So I'm like, okay, let me reach out and see what I can do in order to, you know, be better. So I love it. Yeah, well, that's my just want to be better. You know what? That's amazing because basically everything you just said is the same thing. Like I reach out to other designers as well. And the reason I started this podcast was because I also want to be better. And there's something to learn from you. For me, there's something to learn from everybody. And the fact that you're even doing this to me is like such a good sign. And I think that's gonna be amazing for you. So let's get awesome. started, guys. So why don't you go ahead and um, ask me any questions that you want and I will do my my absolute best to answer them for you. Um, again, not a professional here. I'm not an expert, uh, <laughs> but I will, I will share with you very candidly any of my experiences and hope that they can help you. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So I have, um, off here on the sheet in order from one to nine, but I think I'm going to, um, pick another one that really stands out to me. Okay. Um, this one is, um, when, okay, when you first started your business, what were your goals in starting the business and how has that changed from the first from the beginning to now? Okay, so I liked this question a lot actually. Um, my, it is, things have changed dramatically from when I started my business to, to now with regards to my goals, to re, with regards to the, my business itself. So when I first launched, so for context, for anybody who's listening and has no idea of my backstory, I lost my job uh, November 2015. And my plan was to launch uh, a virtual e-design business. In my head, I thought, you know what? I'm going to build this amazing online business and... I won't ever have to leave my house. I won't ever have to kind of meet with clients in the same way. I thought that's what I wanted. And, and it was really important for me. It's important to note that I, I thought that's what I wanted and I started and I didn't worry too much about what was going to end up happening. But, um, what was interesting was along the way you, for me anyway, I found that I kind of meet you you kind of meet the right people at the right time, even if it's for the most like smallest seemingly insignificant thing they give you some nugget of wisdom that kind of just that little nugget has you pivot completely and for me it was because I was trying to build an online business I was in a number of online uh, Facebook groups that were geared to um, online marketing Mm -hmm. so if you're familiar with these, I don't know, but it was things like uh, Freedom Hackers, which is Kim Raluna. She runs an online business and it's basically you're selling courses and programs and things 
completely off of your website. And it's like more passive. Um, and that's what I thought I wanted. So I met this lady from the UK who was a business coach and she was like, I'd love to chat with you. Cause I had been doing a bunch of stuff where I was testing going live, um, through these little Facebook groups to kind of get accustomed to going live on Facebook so that I could finally put myself out there. And I guess like, she just kind of connected with my story and she, um, she wanted to talk to me and we were talking and she's like, what are your goals? Like, da, da, da. and I, I was saying, you know, I want to build this online business and what, whatever. And she basically said to me, well, you know, if you want to make money immediately, you need, you need to get one-on-one clients. You need to go local and you need to find clients in real life. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I was very, I was like, mm, I don't like this idea. That's not what I want. <laughs> and so, um, I very kind of, I was resistant to the idea, but I, I basically, I took her advice and I kind of like, I sat on it and I thought, okay, well, yeah, no, guess what? I need to make money now because I have bills to pay. My mortgage um, with my boyfriend here cannot be supported on one income alone. Like I can't wait to build this online audience of people to sell e-design to, which, you know, people talk a lot about e-design and to build something like that, where you're working with people from various areas of the country and whatever, um, that's not an easy thing to do. You do have to build an audience. But if you get more local and start to try to put your face out um, on a more local level, it was easier. So that's what I did. And I quickly realized that it was important to me to not do, to, to be able to be part of bringing a room to life and seeing that and being part of like the hands-on of that. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of, so that's where I started. And then I got, and then I realized, you know what, turns out, no, what I do want is to work with a client in real life in Toronto and actually be a part of bringing that room to life, um, Mm -hmm. from beginning to end. So, Mm -hmm. so that was one of the biggest things that changed. Um, and feel free to interject at any point in time if you have any questions on any of these things. No um, I made some notes because there was a few things that changed for me. That, that was probably the biggest. Um, another thing that changed for me was my, my mindset on how much money I could make. Mm. So I thought to myself, well, okay, you know, what you want to do is figure out, like, how much money do I need to survive? So that's what I did. And let's say that number was $3,000 a month would allow me to pay my bills, uh, you know, get groceries, uh, hydro, all that stuff, whatever. And I thought, you know, hopefully I can make enough money to make that happen. And then I started to, um, well, I started to realize that, well, first of all, sorry, I'm going to back up one other thing before I get to that. Very early on, I also wanted my business uh, to be about affordable interior design. So I was going to, and, and I, it was important for me to realize why I had done that. It was, I wanted to be Michelle Bennett affordable. And it used to be my tagline, affordable interior design, because at the time I thought, well, this is how I'll stand out, or this is what I was convincing myself of. I'm going to stand out because you know, everybody, it should be affordable to everybody, this interior design stuff. And I'm going to be the person to do that. But quickly, I realized um, how much work it was, and that I was completely selling myself short. And I realized that I had come up with that concept, because I wasn't, I didn't believe myself to be worth more than that. 
So Mm -hmm. somewhere along the lines, I don't know when I realized that that was me playing way too small and that, no, I want to make some money. I want to help people create homes that they love. I want to be able to be artistic and create these beautiful homes that I'm very proud of that hopefully get published. But I also want to make a lot of money and there's nothing wrong for me to believe and want that. And so that was one of the things too. So kind of like from there, I realized, okay, I need to make enough money to pay my bills. And I thought, well, hopefully people will hire me to do that. And it was kind of like, where am I going to find people that are going to hire me? Who the hell am I? Like, who am I? Right. That's what I thought. Right. And, but I also did have this confidence that I had never had before that, like, this is what I was supposed to be doing and that I was good at it. But I still had no clue, like, where were these people were going to come from that were going to pay me? I started to crunch the numbers in my head um, and think, like, nobody's going to pay me that. But then I met people like Veronica from what they don't teach you in interior design school. Mm -hmm. I had a conversation with her similar to what we're doing now. And she told me what she was making. And I was like, mind blown. And I thought, well, you know what? And she was telling me, like, I'm seeing what you're doing, Michelle, and you're doing everything that you need to be doing. And you're so much further ahead, not, not financially, but so much further ahead than I was as far as like the things you put into place. You want to take a quick break? It's okay. Okay. Yeah, Stop you, no, totally. <laughs> you won't sit with me in my lap. This is Charlie. <laughs> oh, hello, Charlie. Well, Charlie's a pretty girl. Say hello. Say hi. Hi, Charlie. All right, guys. So we have a third podcast guest. A third podcast. We have a second podcast guest. And so we have Angel's daughter, Charlie, who is the sweetest little thing. She's hanging out on her, on her lap right now. So she's going to take it all in, too. You know what? It's good to start young. And so yes. you can listen to this, too. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, yeah, but yeah, so basically, what's that? <laughs> she's often my little design assistant. That's right. That's right. You got to start them young. No, but this is actually some of this stuff I wish I had learned. These are things that are, you know, every, every mindset issue I have, I know is from, you know, the beliefs that I learned from my parents about making money and, right. and that there's such a lack mentality that I've really kind of learned that I need to work on that for sure. And that I can make a lot of money and I can be, you know, really good at what I do and so on and so forth. But anyways, like I was saying, Veronica was the one who kind of opened my eyes that I can make a lot more money than I was thinking. And um, so, so that was a big thing too. The goal of, you know, thinking I need to make enough money, hopefully to pay my bills and, mm-hmm. and support myself to, no, 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 no. Like, I want to make enough money so that my partner, Dave, no longer has to work um, in corporate and he can come and work with me on the business. I want to make enough money that I can, you know, do X, Y, Z, whatever that looks like, whatever I want that to be. I want to afford the things that I want when I want them. And there's right. nothing wrong with that. So that was, right, a, big, right, that right. was a big change. And, and I will say it's been just over two years and... I know that the amount of money that I can make is already, it's getting close to what I was making in corporate. And I know that I'm going to be able to make more than I made in corporate. Like I know that it's not even a doubt in my mind. Wow. So it's amazing. What else? There was a couple other things I had noted. Let's see. Um, 
Um, so a couple other goals, like I had never thought, hey, maybe I could be published in a magazine or, you know, maybe I could be on TV. Hi. Hi. <laughs> We're going to do that periodically throughout the podcast, but we are okay with it because you're making it happen for yourself and you're being a mom and you're being a designer and it's all oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah so things like I want to try to get on a tv show here in Toronto called The Social and I'm going to say that over and over again on the podcast because I do believe your words become your reality so I say that a lot as much as I can but these are not things I ever thought were possible when I first started so so that's I would say that those are the biggest things that have changed goal-wise Okay. Okay. I love it. I love it. You know, it's funny that your, your partner's name is Dave. My husband's name is also David. And my dream is for him to come on board right now. Yeah. He is in education and he is creative and he's, he's just very smart, but he doesn't have that interior design bug like I do. So the trick is to getting him, you know, obviously making enough money where he can, you know, one day quit and join and we can make this thing, you know, a reality. I see a uh, couple such as, you know, Shay and Sid McGee. I'm uh, like, yeah. hey, that could be us. Are you sure? Don't you want that? And he's just like, oh, I love education. I'm like, but you can educate people in design. There's all yes. kinds of ways for you to be on board. Totally. <laughs> so, he could create like your online courses that you could sell. He could do a lot of things with, exactly. with that, to be honest. Um, yes. Shay and Sid McGee, don't even get me started oh on the jury. Oh Those God. are like super hashtag goals. Um, and the thing is my Dave does not love what he does. So my goal, like it, it hurts my heart every time I see him, you know, putting another hour into something that he doesn't love when I know, you know, even with the ups and the downs, there are so many ups, like there's so many highs and then there's so many lows, but it's right. still like this, this has changed me so much as a human. Like it has given me the con like this confidence that I've never had before. It's just, it's the best thing I've ever done in my life. And I would be an advocate for anybody to, to follow and do what they love and be able to feel like if you're a creative person, it's so, excuse me, it's so important to be able to be creative. And I feel like I get to be creative, not only in design and decorating, but I get to be creative in building my website. And that's not to say every designer has to do that because it's not a skill set everybody has, but, but I get to do that. I get to, you know, come up with the copy on my website. I get to come up with new services. I, you know, figure out how to, you know, do a blog post and it's just like constant creativity all around me. And it's just like amazing. Right, 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 right. Yeah. It's a, it's a dream come true. It really is. I, you know, I'm kicking myself for not, um, a little bit more of a backstory. I wanted to start this journey when I first came to California to work with my cousin and be an apprentice. And as soon as I came out a month later, it, the market crashed and she sold her business. She closed the doors. Oh. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she was just like, I am not making money. I, I, I just don't want to do it anymore. The passion is no longer there. And I'm like, okay, well, could you at least, you know, still, you know, kind of mentor me through this? Yeah. You know, I just moved out and she said, you know, um, I just don't, I, I don't want to do it. I have no more interest. She was just so like, I guess, saddened by the way the, the business had, had took a downturn that she was just like, I am done. And yeah. so it's like, okay, you know, so it took me a long time to get back into it, but I'm, I'm so glad that I did now because back then there was no, um, there, well, no, there was Facebook. There was Facebook, but there were no groups like 
there are now like Veronica's group and your group. Yeah. So right now is actually a really good time to start because there's so much support out there. Oh my God. I couldn't do it without the support. This support right. is, it's amazing. I mean, could we do it? Sure. People did it before. It was just, it would take us way longer. And it, what's amazing right. about all this support is, is especially for, you know, I don't have a, you know, I didn't go to school. I didn't work in a firm, which I want to mm-hmm. say, is that a similar story to you, right? You, did you, do you have school? Yes, yes. I actually went to uh, the New York School of um, New York Art and Design Institute. Oh, amazing. And um, on, online program, actually, because I was looking, when I was looking at programs, I had looked at your program and I was comparing the two that, you know, the one. The Interior did. Design Institute? Yes, yes. I compared the two and I was like, okay, which one should I go to? I don't know. I don't know. But I kept seeing all these ads for Naya and Naya and Naya finally. And you know what? I, I started the program and I decided that. I needed to just be in the field. I just needed to do it. And I feel like I felt bad because I'm like, okay, well, you started this, but why aren't you going to finish it? It's because like I found out through my, you know, bachelor's degree that being in the field and actually, you know, working would teach me more than sitting at a desk and not communicating with somebody and not like, you know, doing the trial and error. Yeah. I feel like I would learn more through, you know, um, you know, failing because I, I feel like, you know, that that's just how it works for some people. So, oh, yeah. I mean, I know it's uh, so I never finished my course. I only went, to, I only did two modules. I never finished. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, I feel like I have the intention that I do want to finish mm-hmm. um, because I, I know that I'm going to learn some great things. Um, you know, the one thing I think that is uh, the biggest part that would have been the learning would have been having worked in a firm and right. learning from, from that side of things. But at the end of the day, you know, I've learned so much in the last two years. I still have so much more to learn. Right. And the fact that these groups exist and people like Kimberly Selden and, and all of these people that help make our, our learning curve a little bit less steep and it helps us get from point A to point B a little quicker. And I'm kind of of the mentality, you know, I'd rather do whatever it takes to get from point A to point B quicker because right. the quicker I can get there, um, you know, without kind of going too quickly at the same time, um, the, the more I could be making more money and doing what I love. And so, you know, I don't need to do it the hard way. I'm one of those people too. Sometimes I'd like to say I figured it out myself, but I'm mm-hmm. like, what, what's the point of that? It doesn't matter. As long as I get to the same destination. That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. What else you got for me? Okay. So, um, what are the most necessary tools for you that uh, you started to use in the beginning? There's so many programs. It's like, okay, you're starting out, you have no clients. So you're signing up for my Doma or Ivy or anything like that. Oh, 60 bucks a month where you're not bringing in income just makes no sense. So, but I want to be able to get good. So when the person, you know, finally does come along, I am already ready. You know, uh, Lou Ann Igar, I love her so much. She talks about systems and processes systems and processes so I've been racking my brain and trying to figure out like what is absolutely necessary and what can I possibly wait on in the future so what uh, did you do in the beginning okay so one thing about me is I'm extremely systems driven um and it's just kind of innate in me and so when it came to paid programs so I'm going to give you a list of some things that I think are great tools that don't have a price tag attached to them that I think are super key. So I made, I did one invoice once with Microsoft Word 
before I okay. thought, no, I'm not doing this. This is stupid. <laughs> I'm not going to manually create invoices where I'm going to forget to change the invoice number. So I quickly went to see what was available for free. And so for invoicing, I would recommend getting Wave, which is completely free. Okay. And it's a great tool. So okay. I use that pretty much from after, like I said, I, I did one manual invoice and I said, oh, hell no, I'm not doing that. Sorry. <laughs> well, sorry. We, we got a little okay. girl here. I got to watch my mouth. Um, so, so that's a big one. And I also, the biggest, uh, one of the biggest tools I used was Google Docs. So Google Docs, um, it's amazing because you can easily share things with clients in a way that's super straightforward. Um, even though I used Wave, I was still the type of person I still am to this day where I list every invoice that I put out with the, with the number. Because what I do is every time I get paid, I have that number. This is something to consider too. So if I got paid $1,000, I have a formula in my spreadsheet that says 30% of that you need to put away for taxes. Um, I can't remember the, the and 65% of that is your pay. And I want to say 15, 20, I can't remember the numbers are, I'm not doing the math right now. And then 25% of that is business expenses. So basically I, I have a spreadsheet every time I get a paycheck that says what to do with it. And then I do that immediately because I know I need to pay my taxes at the end of the year. And I don't want right. that to be something that sets me back in a really bad way. And I also have business expenses, um, in the month that I have to pay for. I do that. Um, so Google Docs was a really big one. Um, for Again, these are all free things. Uh, Hello Sign is completely free. So it's a program that you can use to send your proposals out to be accepted uh, So for services. So I do my consultation. And then after my consultation, I tell them what my service fees are going to cost. And when they accept it, instead of getting all manual with it where they have to sign something, I just do it all through HelloSign and it's totally free. And for anybody listening, I'm going to put all this on the show notes so that anything that I'm referring to will be easily available. So you don't have to take notes while you're listening. Um, like I, we already talked about. So, I mean, I'm going to call these tools. They're, they're not probably the kind of tools you're referring to, but I'm still going to uh, reference them. Like the biggest thing for me starting as far as like a, a tool would be my website and social media. So you already have your website. The next thing was a portfolio. Again, they're not your standard tools where it's a program, but these two things above all else need to be in place before, um, before anything else. So basically you, your portfolio get, all I did was I finished a couple rooms in my house and I paid good money. I found a good photographer uh, with a, it was a designer that I follow and admire here in Toronto. I figured out, I loved her photos Mm -hmm. And I basically reached out to her and she's my photographer to this day. And I stick with her because she's consistent and everything looks very much on brand for me. And it all looks the same, but it's huge. Uh, your photography is your product. And you do, to me, it's worth splurging, figuring out how to get the money to make it, to make it happen. Because no matter how good you are at taking and, and kind of centering a photo, like I like to think I'm pretty good at taking photos, but there's something about the post editing and the, you know, the filters that they've like, there's something about the colors that a pro photographer will, will put and kind of whatever she's doing in Lightroom and Photoshop. Cause I know that there's presets that she's using and she's running some sort of like 
filter of some sort on top of the photos that I just cannot, I can't. And I, no. I just can't match that. And no matter how good I can center and take an angle of a photo, it will never be as perfect as my photographer's photos. And I don't, like I actually had her go to my Airbnb project that I recently finished. It was the six units and it was two hours away. And I actually paid, I want to say it was $2,500 for her to do that, which actually is a really good price, but I didn't, oh. it was still a lot of money for me, but I'm like, I don't care the, the actual owners of the Airbnbs had their own photographer, but I was like, no, I, I need my photographer because I know what she can do and nobody can match that. <laughs> right, right. Um, so the other thing for me was a floor planning tool. I mean, I'm sure you're using something already. When I first started, I just used free tools for my floor planning. So I used Rumal and I used mm-hmm. RoomSketcher. And as long as you had something like that, you're good to go. But you, you've been in business for a year, so I'm sure you've got that covered. yes. And then um, another big thing for me was time tracking. Mm-hmm. So even if you're doing flat fees, it does not matter. You need to be tracking your time because like I just, I actually posted about this in my Facebook group earlier this week. I've been doing flat fees for two years now. And after tracking um, very diligently for this entire year, 70% of the time I'm underestimating and I'm, I know that I've left probably over $10,000 on the table. And so I know that I need to be better. And what, what that means too is if I hadn't been tracking my time, that would be money that I'd be losing and I wouldn't even know it. So it's always important to track your time no matter if you're doing flat fees until you know you know, 80% of the time, 90% of the time, I would say you're getting it right. And you've been doing that consistently for multiple projects. You need to be tracking your time. And I use toggle for that totally free. That was going to be my next question. Okay. Totally free. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, the next thing I also wanted to do immediately was collect emails. So I do think it's important to be collecting emails early on. And I'm pretty sure MailChimp is either extremely inexpensive or free for the first amount. I personally use GetResponse mostly because MailChimp was lacking some of the things that I wanted it to do for me and it couldn't do it. But I know that MailChimp is absolutely a great tool that a lot of people use. Um, But I think, and I think the cost, my cost is less than $20 a month. And um, I think that that's money well spent because building your email list is really important. And then the last thing for me, probably about six months after I launched, I started paying for the Business of Design membership, which is Kimberly Selden's program. I want to say it was about $70 a month. And the way I rationalize certain program spends, because I actually did pay for my DOMA when I first launched my business, almost after, like, I think immediately after I got my first client. Mm-hmm. So my rationale was that I knew it would help make things much more organized. And I think at the time it was 20 or $25 a month. And if I could just roll that price into the cost of that project, it had already paid for itself. And so things like my DOMA or Ivy or any other program like that, if you have at least one client a month, and you know you're going to use it, I really think it's money well spent. As long as you find the right tool for you, depending on your needs. Uh, be, and if you, if you just quantify that, again, it's, it's either it's $70 for IV or wherever my dome is at now, like call it $25, $30 a month, maybe more, I don't know. It, it, all it takes is one client really to offset that price. It's, it's a no-brainer to me. 
what does get tricky is like the more of these programs you start overlaying, it does, you, you got to watch your, your uh, monthly expenses um, and, and really make sure that you're managing what the, where those are at. And you want to keep a spreadsheet that tells you exactly what you need to spend each month for your overhead and just make sure that whatever you're spending money on. So for example, I was paying $50 for a social media program, um, manager back in the day was hello um sorry it was called meet edgar which is a great tool but i found a free tool that does the exact same thing called uh recur post and it saves you 70 dollars a month it's a great tool recur post highly recommended it's free for everything you needed to do um but it's you just want to make sure where you're spending money is a, either uh, worthwhile because it's helping you be more efficient with clients or it's doing, it's, it's making your life easier. What it might be doing something like saving you three hours of time. If you quantify that by your hourly rate, but it only costs you a third of that. And that to me is money well spent. So long as you are obviously bringing money in to offset that cost, or, you know, it's going to help you bring in more clients or make make the experience with a client that much more that much better that maybe you can charge more or whatever that might look like right right okay thank you so much yeah and then speaking of clients where or how do you find your ideal clients well I'm going to tell you right now I have not yet found I have not yet found my ideal client um, my first year of business was very successful in that, you know, my revenue was actually pretty good after a year, a full year of business. Um, but what I know is that they weren't my ideal client because they weren't paying enough. Mm-hmm. Their furniture budgets were too low, mm-hmm. but I made it work. Okay. Um, and so because they weren't big enough projects money wise, and I was selling myself short, Um, I had to take on more clients, Mm -hmm. which then spread me thin and stressed me out to the max. So, so my first year I had, I can't remember. I, I had, um, I, I did very well as far as it being my first year. Um, Mm -hmm. and, but they were not projects that inspired me for the most part or projects that were, um, large enough, uh, you know, service, service fees or, uh, furniture. So I didn't make any money barely on furniture. It was all just service fees. Now the way now, but, but what I traded in, I'm, I'm happy that I was able to have those clients because I learned so much from them. But what I've made it a goal for this year for me was to find clients that are, you know, going to be spending more money. So I'm going after, projects that are going to be more like $10,000 in service fees minimum and mm-hmm. hopefully 50,000. And, and when I say this number, probably other designers listening are going to say that's so low, but I'm hoping to get 50 to $60,000 furniture budget plus, right. um, you know, and then what happens though is, you know, you start here, you start at a certain level and then you, then you're, you start going, okay, I want to go up to the next level. And I've seen that happen. It's, you know, my client level, my first project signed, I want to say, was like a $1,200 service fee. I completely mm-hmm. undercharged. It was ridiculous when I look back. But um, I started there. And now this year, I'm very happy to say that I've been juggling less than half the amount of clients, but making more money. So okay. to me, that's kind of where I want to keep going. 
I don't know where to find those clients yet. That's actually something I'm working on now. But basically what I know is my current circle of influence is not my ideal client. So mm. me, myself, my, my boyfriend, my partner, my friends, none of those people with, the, with maybe like a select few mm. are not really anybody that are the type of client, like the, my ideal client, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the true hardcore definition of it. Um, I do find sometimes clients, even though they might not be super wealthy, are still willing to pay, which is great. Um, but so now what I'm trying to do is I'm really, my focus for the next few months is to network, to figure out what, what events, what networking, where do I need to be to be meeting people who are at a higher financial level than I am and the people that I know are so that I can get to know those people a bit more. And to be honest, the Airbnb project for me was a result of networking and, um, they are kind of my ideal client to be honest. Uh, and I've gotten basically of the four of those partners, uh, that actually purchased the Airbnbs. There's four of them. Three of them are hiring me or I'm putting together proposals to hire me for projects. So that I feel like that's a really good start. And I know that that word of mouth is going to domino and it's going to keep dominoing from there. But I, I gotta be honest, I haven't cracked the code. It depends on what your ideal client is. Number one. So what, where I might find my ideal client might be very different than where you find yours. Um, and in my first year of business, I found all my, I pretty much over 70% of my clients came from social media. So the way I did it was, and again, like, I I think it, I think it's a great strategy if you are starting out and you're okay with lower budget clients, but I basically would go on local Facebook groups for neighborhoods in Toronto. And I would post about, you know, Hey, I, I'm an interior decorator. I offer consultations and pretty much without fail, I would get a, a lead from that. Again, they were just not huge leads, but at the time I was excited. I didn't care. Looking back, I'm like, well, those were not the best clients, but they, they were great in my first year to learn from, not to say that I, they were, I I don't want to say it like that, but I learned so much and I'd rather have learned before going into like a higher budget client anyway. Right, right, right. You know, I feel like I'm running into a lot of, we want to use your services, but we don't want to pay no matter how low it is, no matter what, like they, they don't want to pay. Like for instance, I, um, had a, I joined a networking group with my realtor who sold us our home. And one of the ladies is like, Oh yeah, since I've joined the group, I've been following you on Instagram. I love all of your stuff and I really need your help. I basically, um, have a five bedroom house that my boyfriend and I just purchased and he gave me the AMX. I have carte blanche over the AMX and I'm like, Oh, okay, well that's great. So I, I email her the very next day and say, Hey, go to my website and you know, why don't you book a consultation and whatever, you know, consultation fee will be applied to whatever service you choose. And I didn't hear anything back. I'm like, okay, uh, maybe she's busy. So finally I sent a follow-up a week later and she says, Oh yeah, I've been meaning to get back to you but unfortunately I just wanted some help with a couple of rooms I didn't know I had to pay for consultation and I'm just like okay well you know we met at a networking event so (laughs) like yeah it's not going to be free like that doesn't make any sense at all so people that want to use it and don't want to pay 
even, you know, a small consultation fee. So I'm just like, oh my goodness, I don't understand. It's a luxury service. It, like, it is. Appreciated. You know what? I've, um, and this might be easier because like when you do have clients and jobs and, and I can appreciate that maybe the mindset around it's easier. But at this point, I feel very passionate that, you know what, if you, I, I feel like I dodge a bullet every time somebody kind of eliminates themselves due to cost because I'd rather know that now anyways hmm. than later. And so, you know, if, if you're not, at the end of the day, we know. And, and to be honest, I didn't know how much work, <laughs> even though I've done it for myself, I did not know how much work and how stressful and how much liability I was taking on when I first launched my business. And now I know, and I understand my, I, like my value. And I also know, I was thinking about this the other, I think it was yesterday that um, it's not just my time you're paying for. Mm-hmm. It's my talent. It's my knowledge. It's, you know, when I started thinking about if clients say, well, I don't like, if you went to the fabric store and it only took you an hour, why am I paying you a full consultation? I'm just making stuff up right now. Mm-hmm. But, um, it's kind of like, well, if you had taken an hour and gone to the fabric store, could you have come up with the combination that I had? And chances are, no, they couldn't. So it's not even just our time. And that's what I keep having to remind myself, um, you know, it's not just my time people are paying for, because even if they took that same time to do it themselves, the end result would be different. And personally, I, I'm a bit hesitant when I read, when somebody reaches out to me and just says like, well, I feel like I got a good handle, but I really just don't have time to do it. Like I mm-hmm. prefer somebody who reaches out to me that says, you know, it's not really just about the time. It's just that I, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause then I feel yeah. like if people are just putting a time value on it, then they don't see the true value of the creativity of the talent of, you know, all of that stuff. But, um, but yeah, for, for me, I, I feel, you know, every time somebody calls me and they tell me their budget and it's really, really low, I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to give them a great consultation. And I'm just excited. A, a couple in and out projects where it's like, I give you the consultation and I'm done is fine by me at this point. And I'd really rather give you that and know that I don't, I don't want to work with people who are not ready to pay me what I'm worth and pay enough money for furniture where I'm not furnishing your house with Ikea. Right, right, right. Have you run into anyone asking you about the associations? I went to um, a doctor and I was trying to get the word out there. And um, that's basically, I was like, oh yeah, you know, I started an interior design business. You know, if you know anybody who needs help, uh, please let me know. Or if you're interested yourself. And the doctor goes, oh, are you ASID? And I'm like, no. (laughs) It's like, no, I'm not, you know, so I'm super nervous about being asked, you know, about the affiliate affiliation with the different uh, organizations. Have you run into that or, um, and then how do you handle that if asked? Okay. So no, I have not run into that to be honest. Um, I'm also, I focus, I'm very clear that I'm a decorator. I'm not a designer. So maybe I'm not the best person to answer this question for you. Um, and maybe things are different in Canada a little bit than in, in the States, but as a decorator, um, I've, I have never had anybody ask me for my credentials you know what, to be honest, I've, okay, I've had casual conversation, for example, yesterday, so I joined a new um, 
group called Rotary, which is a lot of volunteering, but it's a great way to meet new people. Um, so I intentionally joined that because I wanted to do more volunteer work and do good in the community, but also continue to meet new people. Like I'm, This is the year of meeting new people. I need yes. to branch out my network. And I was talking to one of the guys there that owned a restaurant and he, he asked me where I went to school. And so I always get a bit weird about that question because I didn't. But I just basically say, I'm just honest. And I think the best thing that I can do um, is just be honest and say, you know what, to be honest, like I, I started a course online, but, you know, I didn't finish it, but I started my business because, you know, I had lots of experience in my own home and it's just a natural ability that I have. And, you know, now two years later, this is what I'm doing. And, and that's kind of how I respond to it. Uh, but to be honest, it's, it's, nobody's ever asked me that. Mostly anytime anyone says calls me an interior designer, I correct them. And I say, I'm a decorator. And okay. it's, it's not to be, it's not for me to be like, oh, designer this, decorator that. But that's how I self-identify what I do. And I like to be true and I want to be as um, open with people because I tell them I don't do renovations. I will do very minimal um, work. So I don't do gut renos. I don't do things like that. I'll do small custom built-ins. I will do things of that nature, but I don't do renovations. That's not my area of expertise. And what's great for me is this feels like a niche for me. And there's a lot of designers that don't do what I do. So it's really great because sometimes people just want somebody to just decorate their home and they don't know who to call. So I feel like I fill, fill that gap in the market. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. Thank you. Um, let's see. Um, I'm, guys, I, my nose is running <laughs> out of control. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I was fine all morning. And then 12, I think it was like 12, 10 hit. And all of a sudden my allergies just went crazy. <laughs> yeah. Mine pops up uh, every now and then, sometimes at night in the middle of the night. And I'm just like, I'm oh. laying here all of a sudden it's stuffy. Can't breathe. Just like a hot mess. And yeah. I don't like, where's the dander in the house? I don't understand. I, I know. What happened in the yeah. middle of, like, going to bed? Like, what's going on? No, it's yes. crazy. This is how yes. I feel right now. Something crazy has happened, and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you measure success? Milestones, associations, influence? Yeah, so I'm not going to lie. I measure success financially. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's probably it. number one for me. I mean... I'm kind of right now at the point where I'm very financially driven. I have some very high lofty goals for my year, uh, where I want to be. Am I close to that right now? I'm not trending on those goals at all right now, but anything can happen in six months. So I'm, you know what, I'm just going to keep plugging away, doing what I'm doing, but I'd say that's number one for me. And, you know, I, I always, I set goals for myself and I do, I, I have to remind myself where I started and I have to say, you know, I have a spreadsheet that kind of says, you know, what my highest month was. And anytime I, I surpass the highest month, of course, that's like a mini celebration for me. Um, I look at year over year. There's not a lot of years for me to look over, but I remind myself, you know, from year one to, to this year, I'm already doubling what I did in my first um, half of last year. So those are the biggest things that I kind of track. Um, the other thing I also um, gauge success on is project size. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I get a client that contacts me and I know, you know to date, the biggest project um, size from an initial presentation, uh, initial proposal 
because at the end of a project, they might have spent more. But on an initial proposal, the biggest one that I had was the Airbnb project. And that was uh, a $10,000 service fee. And that, to me, was a huge milestone. I never... Right. I never um, I had never chart like gotten that from from phase one before off the hop, mm-hmm. and so those are things that I kind of track as little uh, milestones along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, a big a big thing for me, like I said already this year, was the fact that I'm making more money this year, but I have less clients. Mm-hmm. So you know, work I'm working less but making more because I'm charging what I'm worth. So that mm-hmm. to me is is how I I would. Um, track success. Another one that's a little more um, just kind of about the projects themselves and the end result is being published. So the fact that I've gotten to be able to be published in a blog, so like, Mm. you know, Design Sponge, Apartment Therapy, uh, various things like that. that, Those are big things for me. And those are big goals that I have for the year too. I really eventually want to be in a house and home or style at home in Canada Mm. I want to be on TV. Those are not things I have done yet, but they are on my list to hopefully accomplish this year. Um, And just in general, when I'm not feeling completely stressed to the max and overwhelmed, because when I left corporate, the last six, like it was just very toxic for me um, mentally. It was, it was so stressful. And anytime I start to creep on that where I'm not sleeping at night, the Airbnb project was definitely one that was, it was a lot and I didn't sleep very well. Uh, but to me, it's when I'm feeling, you know, a sense of calm and I'm feeling good and I'm sleeping at night. To me, that is, that is success. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Nice. Very nice. And then do you have, um, how do you feel about, you know, like having a large following on Instagram or, you know, like YouTube, like a YouTube channel? Is that something that, you know, that is, is really important? Because I feel like, okay, well, it's nice to have a big following, but are you getting clients from that? You know, I know some people are, but so oh, can yeah. you speak to that a little bit? So, I mean, I really, I would love to have higher followers on Instagram. I, I have a YouTube channel, but I don't really put a lot into it. Um, mm-hmm. I, because I, you know, I have some goals, like I'd love to have my own TV show one day. And I know yeah. that. Uh, so I do have goals that I want to put out more video because I feel like if I could put more video out, maybe that can attract something. But um, I know that having an audience is very monetizable. It, it's also, you know, it's a vanity metric. Um, it makes you look legit. Um, but as far as it being on the high list of my goals, it's, it's not a huge on my, on my goals. Um, I know that you could also be getting sponsorships. Uh, but I do, I do, I do value an audience. Um, that's why I have a business homies, uh, group because I know having an audience is an important thing. That's why I'm launching a podcast. Like there, you know, there could be future things that could happen with this. Um, but as far as my, you know, the, the big set of goals that I have is just not at the top of my list. Uh, there's a lot of work that ha- you need to be very consistent, you, you know, to be able to build those numbers. And I'm not saying it's impossible, but I just haven't made it a priority for myself in order to get those numbers uh, kind of in the, in the 20,000s or higher. And I, it doesn't seem to impede my ability to get clients. Um, I think it's just, 
it's not, it's just not at the end of the day, I know that I'm one person right now. And I'm actually, I started putting like some of my goals because I need, I, I started to look, I'm doing too much. I need to streamline and figure out what's important. And mm-hmm. sometimes you just have to look at your goals and figure out what is important to you and what's going to help get you there. And as far as the goals that I set for myself, having super high followers on any of my social media channels are not going to help me necessarily meet those goals. And in order to get to those numbers in the event that they would help me meet those goals, um, the, the return just doesn't make sense to me. There's, I think there's different ways for me to get to the goals that I have. And, you know, I need to continue to be on social media, have a presence, but I just don't put it on a high, I just don't put it high on my list. Okay. 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 I understand that. Yeah. If you could send a message to yourself in the beginning, what would you say? Okay. So for sure, I would say, and it's advice that I give a lot of people is just don't wait for things to be perfect before you start um, anything, basically. So, you know, a few examples that come to mind for me are the naming my business. I probably pondered the name for my business for three months. Mm -hmm. I have like, I could probably go into my old phone and pull up the old like notes where I had a list of names. And it's just, at the end of the day, everything I wanted was taken because it's hard to be (laughs) original anymore. And I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to make it my own name and brand myself. And I'm really happy with that decision, to be honest. Um, And things like my website, you know, making sure my services are totally perfect before I launch them. What I've realized is if you can, like we talked about this, you know, how much has my, my business changed from when I started to now, if I waited for everything to be absolutely perfect, it would be a wasted effort because the truth is until you launch something and you're in it and you're doing it, you're not going to know what that perfect service is. You're not going to know what your perfect website is, um, your perfect logo, your perfect this, because you're going to realize three months, six months, even a year, two years, that your business is going to ever evolve. And Mm -hmm. where you thought you were going to be is not even where you are. So to put that kind of effort to perfection early on just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. That's that's probably the biggest one. I have friends that I've talked to that are like, you know what, but there's already this many this. Like there's already lots of people who who make video and there's already lots of designers. And and that's what I used to tell myself. But the truth Mm -hmm. is there's enough people in the world for everyone and people you just need to be yourself that's another thing I would I mm-hmm. well, I feel like I did that fairly early on but but just put your true self out there and you're going to attract the people that you should be working with you and people are just going to be drawn to you because of you the right. reality is there's lots of talented decorators there's lots of talented designers but at the end of the day they're going to pick the person that's the best fit for them so it doesn't matter that there's you know, a hundred more decorators or designers around you because just do you and you're going to attract the people and, and you'd be surprised uh, at how easy it is to attract people when you're just your true self. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> what were your methods of connecting and maintaining relationships with trade sources? That's my biggest thing. I'm like, okay, do I need to go and get, you know, to be best friends with a plumber? Do I need to be best friends with a, a tile guy? Do I need a carpet guy? Do I need a carpenter? You know, where do I need a, um, you know, for Chip and Joanna, do I need a, what's his name? I forgot his name. Uh, the guy who builds the tables. Right, like right. Yep. Tables. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I really have no idea. 
So I started to try to apply with all of these, you know, trade resources. Like, okay, I got to go to Kravit. I have to go to, you know, these, uh, the drapery people. And it's just like, what in the beginning um, did you find important to, you know, link up with? So that when people call, it's like, okay, I got a guy for this, got a guy for that. You know, like, what's important? Yeah. So for yeah. me, again, because I'm a decorator, I don't have as many... Um, like outside of furniture trades or mm-hmm. things like that. I don't yeah. have a lot of, and this is actually a struggle I have too, to be honest, because okay. I get a little freaked out that I'm going to send somebody to someone's house. And if they don't do work until I know their work, it's mm-hmm. hard for me to want to recommend anybody, but you mm-hmm. can't know their work until you work with them. So it's a whole thing. But for me, a handyman, because I'm a decorator and that's just mm-hmm. mostly what I need. I have a handyman that is kind of like, He's with me on every project installation. Um, he's the guy I refer everybody to. And he's not the cheapest, but I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, you know what? I'm not trying to be the cheapest for anything. And I'm okay with that now. Mm-hmm. I used to feel bad about it, but you know what? You can use your own handyman if you don't like the price that he is. But he does great work. We work well together and, and we communicate in a way that works effectively. And to me, that's what's important. And mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be, again, the cheapest at anything. Um, so I, to be honest, I haven't connected and I do need to do a bit more work on that front. And it's actually something that also stresses me out. Like, oh, I need a guy for this. Like, who do I call to do this fireplace? And, and I don't actually have those yet. Mostly because I haven't had a huge need for it because mm-hmm. I'm more focused on furnishings and decorating and decor that it just it hasn't been a huge necessity but I do know like I want to have you know somebody who can do custom furniture like wood furniture and and things like that at my fingertips Mm um but I do follow a lot of people on Instagram and you know what I do to be honest I follow um designers in my immediate area so Mm -hmm. Toronto that I admire that I feel like are kind of in my aesthetic and what I do is I watch every Instagram story. I watch, I follow their feed. I click to see who they link to. So for example, like I watch a video and I can tell she's in a tile store. I try to figure out what tile store she's in. Mm. She doesn't always say, for example, right. Or I'm looking at like, okay, where is she right now? And I try to figure out who are the people she's working with because I, I trust her as a designer so who, and they're not always forthcoming. I tried to message one once and she was not having it. To mm. which I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'll have to buy taste in my mouth. But it's not very forthcoming. I'll, I'll share anything really. Right. But there's enough for everybody, right? Right, but, um, right. But that's what, that's what I do. I like to follow local designers that I respect and I see who they're tagging construction wise. And I put them on a list of people that I would recommend or, or fall, um, contact if I need something. That's, smart. that's been a really good way for me to find, especially in Canada, it's harder to find furniture vendors. Um, so I kind of, I just hijack local designers, Instagram pages. <laughs> okay. I like that. I like that a lot. That's really good. And yeah, that makes total sense. That's um, where you can use your FBI work yeah, right? FBI to kind of get in there and, and, and like pick apart their Instagram without having to ask them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That totally makes sense. That's awesome. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, this is a good one. What keeps you focused throughout your career in design from beginning to now? So do you mean when you say focused, um, can you elaborate more on what you mean by that? 
Yeah. So, okay. I am in my home office and I'm by myself and there's no real clients as of yet. Uh, there's not, you know, a lot going on. So I find myself, you know, going and looking, you know, on uh, Lighthouse and Home on YouTube. I go and look at all their stuff and I get sidetracked looking at all these things. And then I say, oh gosh, I should have been working on this. I should have been working on that. There's just so much to do. And I feel like there, because it's in the beginning stages, it's, it's quite overwhelming, but I also want to be, um, I don't know, just stay like happy about the process. So I try to tune into a lot of design shows and just stay in the, the mindset, but mm-hmm. it's quite, it's quite, you know, it's quite lonely. It's isolating. I'm like, Oh man, this is, you know, my dream one day is to have like a large firm be surrounded by tons of people and lots of, you know, busyness. Yep. So, uh, just, going from where you started to where you are now, I think that you've done amazing. Like how do you keep like pushing yourself, pushing yourself. And it's just you, like there's nobody cheering you on really. It's just you. Well, you guys all cheer me on in the business homies group, which to be honest, that is a big reason. Um, you know, when you start blasting yourself on social, like I did in my (laughs) business homies group, like it, it, it helps keep me a bit accountable as well, to be honest. Um, but okay. So here for me, it's all planning. Um, cause I, I, what I have found for myself to be a struggle is I'm a procrastinator. Mm-hmm. Procrastination is a really big problem in my life. And I, I feel like I've been getting a lot better with it and I've come up with some strategies. I've read lots of books about, you know, procrastination and how to kind of overcome that. But, uh, it's all for me planning. So for you, for example, like what I would recommend doing is sit down and just, just do a huge jump of all the things that you need to do. Do it with a pen and paper. Just go write down every single thing. And I'm actually at a point right now where I started to put out my goals again because I was saying earlier that I'm starting to feel like I'm a bit out of focus. It's one of those things where you have to continue to reevaluate, got to come back. And I was talking... I actually have a series of people that I touch base with on the regular. One is a designer that I met in a group. She's somewhere in the States. And I just, we just kind of were like in a similar place. I have a graphic designer friend who is a business owner that I connect with once a month. I have a friend who we connect with every Friday morning to talk about, you know, what went well this week, what, what is our goal for next week. And when I talked to her this morning, I said, okay, you know what? I need to sit down and list my immediate goals because I have so many, but the truth is if you're not going to be focused on one or two and you're trying to do all of them, you're just going to fail at all of it. Right. So I I told myself, so every single Sunday I have my weekly planning day without fail. And it takes me like two hours. That's because I'm weird, but I it's in my calendar every Sunday. And if I don't do that on Sunday, my week is going to be a write-off. And I already know that it will not be as productive as it will be if I do that. And then what I have is my checklist of things that I need to do for my planning, which involves go through your email, make sure there's nothing in there that has to be dealt with. And if it's, if it hasn't been dealt with, I add it to my list of things to do. I use a sauna, which is also a free tool. I didn't give you that tool earlier because I don't think you need it absolutely to get started, but I use a sauna to, to just, um, that's how I, that's how I track all my tasks for clients. And that's also where I have my checklist for my Sunday uh, planning. 
Um, I go through that. I go through a sauna. What tasks are pending for clients? I go through my list of, you know, I basically create a huge list that I basically have on paper. I kick it old school and I am showing her right now, but this is like what I use for the week. So then I make my list of, and this is just how I work. It's not my, it's very convoluted, but this is what I do. So I take all those things so I, I'm like, is it anybody's birthday this week? Any of my clients' birthdays? Any of my friends' birthdays? What bills are due this week? What this? And I just make sure I don't miss anything because there's just so much. Yeah. I make this list. I take this list. This is the key. I take this list and then I put it into my calendar. So I actually use my, for me, it's my iCal on my MacBook. But some mm-hmm. people do this in Google, like your Google calendar. But to me, this has been game-changing. So every week, I basically, I'll review to like, what client appointments do I have this week? I gotta, do I have to prepare, prepare for any of that? Do I have any discovery calls? Do I have any of this? Do I have any of that? And so I take all the tasks that I need to do that week, and then I have to get real with myself too. Um, can I actually do all this? And then I take those individually, and I put them into my calendar. But you got to get fairly specific. So for example, um, you know, client... Buffy. I have a client actually named Buffy. (laughs) (laughs) And I will say, okay, I must call the upholsterer, you know, and then I put that in into my calendar and then I determine how long do I think that's going to take. And I actually, so my whole calendar and I leave some openings because life happens and whatever. But so then in the morning, I know I like I start my day at nine without fail. I'm sitting on my desk at nine or nine, 10, but I want to start my day at nine, no matter what. That's just Mm -hmm probably years of being brainwashed that that's how the corporate world works. That's just how I do it. Um, but I, I just, I look at the calendar and the goal is on Sunday, I determined what was important in my week because we get sidetracked with our emails, with our Facebook, with our this. And I also turn off notifications all day long. I don't want any notifications coming at me, but it's still a constant battle of stay on task. What's in the calendar. You need to stick with that. Being obviously like somewhat, um, you know, you can, you can kind of pivot from that if you need to, but just knowing that I already determined what my priorities are this week. I need to stay on task and I need to do that. And then I, I basically, once I finish the task, I turn it green. And my goal is to have all my tasks on my calendar be green. And that's a good week. I can look back at my week and see all green. Like I feel good. Um, but for yeah, me, yeah, yeah. that's the biggest thing. How do, how do I stay focused? Planning. 100% it's mm-hmm. planning. Reminding myself of my goals. Like catching myself when I'm on a tangent of something that's completely irrelevant and just busy work that's not worth my time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Nice. Okay. Um, so I, sorry, I'm going to interfere real quick. We're probably going to do one more question because I actually am doing another call at two. So if you want to go out with a bang, whatever your last question will be, and then, we'll, and then you can tell everybody uh, what your website is. So hopefully people can follow you and, and all Okay. That. Perfect. Let's see. Bang question. Um, <laughs> okay. No Let's see. <laughs> I know. Right. I'm like, I think I asked the bang question already. <laughs> well, this is a good one. This one's a good one. Um, I mean, where do you get your best ideas in terms of like uh, your inspiration? Is it Pinterest? Is it nature? Is it fashion? Is it a, um, uh, you know, mix of all of those things or, um, you know, other designers? You know, what, what kind of keeps you, your juice flowing creatively? 
Excuse me. That's actually a really good question. One that I'm, I don't know if I can totally pinpoint, to be honest. Um, I definitely don't, I, I, I'm not the type of person who would say I get inspiration from nature or fashion or any of that. I mean, I'm rocking a hoodie right now. Um, I, I would say definitely my inspiration comes from seeing like in Instagram, like following designers that I really admire, um, you know, seeing what people are doing, uh, you know, your, your lots, I have a ton of interior design, like books for designers that I really admire. I try to also branch out a little bit and see other, um, you know, other styles that are a bit out of my realm, but, but mostly for me, it's, it's interior design sources for sure, Mm -hmm. which is not a very, it's not a very sexy answer at all. But it's an honest one. It's good. It is it's honest. Okay. And to be honest, for me, like I will say when I step into a room, I normally fairly quickly can visualize in my mind's eye like what I might do with that room. It might not be down to the fabric, but I will see like, oh, here we definitely need drapes wall to wall. We need a big, huge art here. You know, we need a focal, you know, I, I just, it, it's like I build it. And then from there I have to, figure out what fabric it is, what couch it is, what this it is, um, which I do think um, is, I don't know if that's how everybody works and I'm sure to some degree it is, but I, I know like clients have said frequently like, oh, it's, it's shocking to me that you just look at a room and, and you like pretty quickly can see what should be done is what they mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. Oh, All right, Angel, oh why don't you share with everybody where they can find you? So share with everyone your website and maybe your social media channels that you're, that you're frequently on. Yes. Well, social media, um, Instagram, which is one of my favorites. I'm just Angel Burris Design on Instagram. And um, my website is angelburris.com. And same thing with Facebook is also Angel Burris Design. So those are the three. You know what? We think about doing a Twitter. So um, I don't know. I might, you know, roll that out eventually. But um, yeah, those are the three Twitter, things. Yeah. That, uh, I have not yeah. crossed like, the Twitter code. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter doesn't work with my brain. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, gosh, I don't know. I see people getting in trouble from Twitter a lot <laughs> recently. So I'm like, well, <laughs> Roseanne Barr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't want to be Roseanne, you know? So, yeah, I don't know about Twitter, but yeah, yeah. yeah but definitely Instagram. Um, I try to Instagram at least once a day. Good for you. And um, it's, it's, it's a lot to keep up with, but it's definitely fun to see, you know, new people coming on. So, yeah, those are where you can find me. That was I love fun. it. Well, thank you again so much for taking the time to meet with me today and obviously asking all those amazing questions that actually really got me thinking hard, long and hard. So I really appreciate it. Well, there goes another homie chat. Thank you so much to Angel for taking the time to ask such thoughtful questions. If you liked this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. I've been hearing about some issues with regards to people leaving reviews and they're just not showing up. So I really don't know what's going on with that. My quick research on Google says that maybe it has to do with the name that you have in your... um, iTunes? I I don't know. It's, it's really beyond me, but it's really disheartening to know people are leaving reviews and they're not even showing up. So that kind of sucks. Um, also, if you want to follow along my journey, you can find me on Facebook, Business Homies, the Facebook group. It's a closed group. You do have to answer the questions to be granted access. You can also go to businesshomies.com to check out the show notes. So businesshomies.com slash 10. Oh, by the way, this was the 10th episode.
the 10th episode. It's a milestone. I'm very, very excited. And I'm pretty dang proud of myself that I have managed to be very consistent with, I guess, 10 weeks in a row. So there you go. It's amazing what you can do when you just put your mind to it, right? Am I right? Anyways, that's all I got for you this week. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye, homies. I'm so sorry, guys. I have to, I might have to blow my nose. I'm going to edit this out. <laughs> Hold on. I just got blown. It's okay. Allergies are going crazy. Okay. Here we go. Hopefully I'm okay here. Um, <laughs> I got to blow my nose again. No worries. <laughs> no worries. It's not ideal. Hold on. I got to. <laughs> sorry. My nose is running just so freaking bad right now. <laughs> Like it's out of control. I don't know how much I'll, this the snot's coming out of my nose right now. No, I, I completely understand. That was me. That was me last night. That was me last night. I'm okay now. <laughs> oh God, I have another call at two as well. I'm gonna have to warn her that my nose like, it's crazy.